This is CliffCentral.com. Samona Nonke! Thank you to G and uh, the team back again tomorrow morning. Hey, it is Frankless speaking on Wednesday, 9 to 11. Dumelang Rorisang Shobalala. Eta, eta, eta. Hello, guy. Shabuzet. What is that language? So, you've all been seeing uh, two big things happening. One is Parliament going ballistic, and we have the budget speech happening today. Good luck to everyone who's wealthy. That wealth tax is going to go up to 43%, supposedly. That's what the critics are saying. And the other big thing is the student movement is really uh, moving up a gear. Yeah. It's uh, it's going into, into the next stage of things. We've been seeing... Uh, wh- what do you call these things? That's what I've been... Inter- unrest, violence... Uh, silent protests, vigils. What do you call these things? The militant revolution of the students. The militant revolution of students mm. happening across campuses in South Africa. We saw uh, UP, University of Pretoria, that's tax, uh, going crazy uh, on Monday. We saw the UFS having a good rugby tackle, blacks and whites fighting each other. You know how we like that in South Africa, a little bit of black and white fighting. It's great. UCT last week blowing up art. Uh, and uh, University of KwaZulu-Natal also getting in on the action. They don't want to be left out either um, with uh, regards to outsourcing. And, of course, uh, here in Johannesburg, Wits and UJ, they continue the struggle for fees. Um, they're keeping it quite consistent with fees. Fees must fall. Huge amounts of interesting things going on across the country. And don't forget the universities of technology that tend to be get, get left out of uh, of, of elitist uh, middle they? class uh, elitist middle class discourse on these things. Uh, we know of TUT struggles. These these are these are struggles that have been happening for a very long time. Um, TUT in Pretoria and uh, just around the country. You know, there's also universities like UWC and so on that are also engaged in this battle to try and well are we sure what they're trying to do <laughs> i don't know if we are sure what they're trying didn't to do. they lower the didn't they already cancel fees or whatever increases and so on this year so that was for 2015 yeah so, so why, why are we why are we still fighting right? well i think the interesting thing is a lot of of people non-students um geez i can't believe that i have to say that i'm part of the old generation now but uh, are talking about this violence, this violence on campus and if it's justified or not. And I think that's a very good point. You know, we look at some of these young people and we're like, you know, is this justified? Is this is this the way we're going to go forward? Mm. Um, is there not another way in order to, to make make your voices heard? And it looks like there isn't. So, uh, you know, I think this is a good question. A lot of people asking, is the violence justified on our campuses? A lot of people have been very critical about our students across the campus saying that they're just, um, what, what are they? Roma mangaras and uh, oh, rubber houses. Yeah, they're just, they're just like, get an education. That's what you're there for. You're not there for anything else. Get on with it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, there, there, there's another view that says that, you know, does, is government and are the authorities and is are the are the are the university man, uh, leaders and management do they listen if 
if through nothing else but violence. We've been speaking and they're not uh, doing anything. And think about it, Andrew. Would apartheid have ended if not for the acts of violence and confrontation that went with the freedom struggle mm-hmm. and, made it pos- and made it impossible to have a normal life in South Africa? Think about it. It's, it's only through that struggle and through that uh, violent revolution that we got to where we are. Now the question is, is that what it's going to take to get us further and to get us somewhere? The other thing is, who needs to die? South Africa is very fond of uh, getting into this uh, violent tension and so on um, every now, every so and often until somebody dies. We saw it with Hector Peterson. Uh, you know, once Hector, once once Hector's blood was shed for this whole thing, things sort of started to settle down a bit in the, in that era. Um, we know that, for example, uh, in Margana, it took the lives of 44 people before things could settle down there. So we're the type of people that uh, just uh, uh, don't calm down or settle down until we have the sobering reality of death confronting us. And so are we going to need to see some students dying before this happens? Of course, there's another side to this, and there are people who really genuinely believe this is a nuisance. You... Got a very interesting text from, uh, I don't know if it's a friend or whatever, <laughs> saying, stop stoking the fires. And all you did was just share the video at UFS. And he said, that was just a normal case of uh, a crowd disruption of a, of a match. And that's, that's normal. It would have happened anywhere. You're just causing trouble, Andrew. I'm always causing trouble, Rory. That's the What's problem. What's your problem, dude? Look, I, I, let's let's not talk about my problems just yet. Let's just let the listeners know: is the violence justified on campuses? That's what we're speaking about. Frankly speaking, two hours today, a nine to eleven. Hey, we want to hear from you. Have you got questions to the students? We are going to get students from most campuses across South Africa today, and we want to hear from you. Oh eight six one five 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 one eight nine. You can also WeChat us at cliffcentral.com. And uh, tweet us at Yebo underscore L-E-V-Y or at Rory Shabalala. There is a lot going on at the moment on Twitter. We'll read out some of those messages a little bit later. What are your thoughts around this campus unrest, violence, vigils? Um, do you think the violence is justified? I mean, you, you, so you, I you put that off. Facebook yeah, thing saying that so you wanted blood. No, I didn't say I want blood. I said this. our nation... Is, is, is crying out. Our, our nation's soil is hungry for blood. We don't stop. We don't tend to stop until there's blood and it sobers us all up and uh, gets, helps us to get perspective. So I'm not necessarily saying I want blood. I'm mm. saying typically these things only stop when, when there's been bloodshed. Uh, Margana, uh, you know, things didn't settle down until there was bloodshed. Hector Peterson. Are we waiting for blood to be shed? And we're starting to see it escalate. The UFS, UP, it's now becoming violent in a racist way as well. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah, I'm just saying, my, my sense coming out of, Coming in into it, I was like, no, the violence is not necessary and so on. Then I started reading a bit about it uh, and, and, and started understanding where people were coming from, right? That uh, riot is the voice of, of the unheard, mm-hmm. uh, as Martin Luther King has said. And uh, there's m- many people who've written things on the violence. And amongst them, we send in Klozi, who's written some very interesting pieces about liberal peace, about uh, about this fast, that's liberal peace, as he calls it, um, and, and just about black-on-black violence that we're seeing between EFF and Sasco. So that's how I'm coming into it. I'm coming into it with a with an interesting perspective and lens. Mm. I originally thought that oh this violence feels a bit weird, 
but this, you know, the smoke that calls, that's the only way that people get heard in this country is if the smoke is made that calls the people to account. Uh, Mbuyi Seni, good morning. I hear that you are not a fan of me. I'm a liberal. Why are you hating on me, man? Uh, hi, who am I speaking to? You're speaking to Andrew and Rory. You see, you're a busy oh, guy. Yeah. You see, the guy that phones you 24-7, you just you ignore his calls, Mbuyi Seni. We must talk about this afterwards. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> It's a very complex business to run the country. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a good excuse. <laughs> Let's get into it. We know you're on your way to the budget to, to the budget speech. We're speaking violence on the campuses, and um, you have uh, let's let's first understand what the struggle is about, which you have framed uh, as 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 an affront against colonialism. Uh, so many would ask you that uh, you know colonialism in South Africa ended in 1961. What do you mean? This is a struggle against colonialism. Is this just a conspiracy theory and leftist propaganda that you're peddling? What or what do you say to that? Help explain the struggle to 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 us. I mean, uh, the simplest way to put it, without uh, uh, being verbose, is basically that we are still living, uh, dealing with the consequences uh, and the legacy of uh, the colonial organization of society. Uh, in the interest of uh, white supremacy. Uh, that is what uh, uh, basically that means, the long and short of it. And that life continues as it was uh, in the protection, the maintenance, and the development of uh, black people, of, of white people at the expense of black people. Buisen, mm. uh, who exactly are these uh, modern-day colonizers that are keeping the status quo as it is? Uh, can you name some of them, just to give us a, a, a more tactile understanding of what exactly we are fighting against? Give, uh, create a picture, an image of what exactly or who exactly this fight is against. No, no. Uh, uh, the, 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 those who maintain the status quo uh, are on one hand white monopoly capital and what we can call a house slave government in the form of the ANC. They are keeping the colonial and apartheid legacies intact in that all of life, uh, not only in South Africa but the rest of the continent, happens for the advancement, the maintenance of white people uh, 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 at the expense of black people. Mm. So to that extent, that's, uh, that's what happens. And I think that... Uh, uh, that's what we mean, and so in this case, uh, uh, the, the the antagonism has to be against uh, both the incumbents as well as uh, both the government uh, of the day, as well as uh, uh, the broader structures of white monopoly. Can you just give us a context of how this is manifesting in the university system? So, so we, obviously you have framed this as a battle that happens across all sectors of South African society, but in this instance we're looking at violence on the campuses. So how does that worldview fit in on campuses? What is specifically happening on campuses that reflects uh, the dominance of white monopoly capital, as you call it, um, and, and just the colonial legacy of the past? Oh. No, the the reality of the matter is that uh, what has been happening in universities is that students have been trying to challenge, first of all, the co-modification of education on one hand. And on the other, they've been trying to decolonize pedagogies, uh, the organization of space uh, that has been left intact 
since apartheid and colonial times, it celebrates values that are contrary to the ones that we represent. They've also been trying to challenge uh, forms and systems of knowledge production, as well as curriculum content that uh, has remained unchanged. And these struggles were seen unfold uh, in specifically in recent times in three forms. One is uh, the roads must fall movement. The other is the seas must fall movement. And most recently is Africans must fall movement uh, in uh, uh, Leicester, in uh, uh, Ellenbosch, uh, the University of Pretoria, uh, most recently. So these are struggles against the dominant narrative the dominant ways of doing education that uh, have remained intact uh, since colonial and apartheid time. Mbuyiseni, we saw uh, the racist confrontations Monday night at, at UFS. Um, a lot of people claiming that they weren't racist in nature. It was just drunk people at a rugby game fighting other people at a rugby game. Um, your, your thoughts on... This, this violence that came out at UFS on Monday night, as well as we saw the, the Freedom Front Plus criticizing the EFF, saying that you guys are inciting violence on campus. What do you think about that? We would need the evidence of uh, the incitement that we have done, but uh, it would be very naive to think what, happens at the University of, what happened at the University of Free State has nothing to do with racism. Uh, the victims' tale of stories have been called all sorts of racist uh, names like animals. And uh, that white mob violence was unleashed on black protesters precisely because white racists have a collective agreement, a collective consensus that that's how you deal with protesters, like how the apartheid government dealt with them, through violence. That's the only way. Had it been white people who were protesting or demonstrating in the field, unarmed, peacefully, uh, you wouldn't have seen the type of reaction that uh, you saw on that day. So uh, uh, it would be very naive, it's naive even of the Vice-Chancellor, Professor Jonathan Johnson, to bury his head in the sand and think what he's dealing with uh, is not racism. And anyway, uh, uh, the, 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 the struggle that night was about insourcing black workers that have remained outsourced in precarious labor contracts in a university where there's been you know, subject to a lot of racial abuse. And we know, for instance, in 2008, white racist students peed, urinated on the food of those workers and forced it uh, uh, on them. So uh, it would be very naive of us to think that was not racially motivated. Nbuiseni, uh, was the, the, the gesture at that time by Professor Jonathan Jansen to basically uh, bring about healing and reconciliation a, a farce? And uh, would you call him a house nigger, which uh, you have uh, gone on to describe and expound upon in some of your writings, uh, what, yeah, what a house nigger is? Yeah, definitely. I mean, why don't you deal with those events in the same way you deal with any criminal element? investigations, they must be arrested, they must be put in their place, they must be shown that uh, you do what you did on Monday, you're going to be met with the full might of the law. Why sing Kumbaya? Mm. And particularly, if you don't, and particularly if you think it's not racism. Why sing Kumbaya? Why talk all those things? 22 years down to democracy, you are still begging white people to accept the existence of black people. It can't be. We reject it and it doesn't work. It doesn't work in the past 22 years and uh, it will never work because it's based basically on the misdiagnosis of how 
racial domination happen. You've got to be very harsh on racism, particularly anti-black racism. And, uh, I mean, I'm saying to you to this day, we don't have anyone. Images are all over. Videos are all over the social media network. And we haven't reported a single arrest. And that's how black bodies are not treated with the dignity, the agency, and the respect that is given to human beings. Uh, and so you tell me if we're not dealing with the situation of racism. Boyisen, I'm interested to understand what you're telling uh, the youth league caucuses of EFF at the different campuses about how they should handle themselves uh, regarding the protests, the unrest and the violence happening on campuses across South Africa. No, the student command is an autonomous student body. Uh, and uh, as and when they need whatever advice, they speak to us they are engaged in conscious actions of protest. They are not armed, uh, and they demonstrate within the law. They've got the right of demonstration. As to why they get stopped by uh, uh, the Ku Klux Klan uh, in the form of Afro Forum uh, at the University of Pretoria must be put clearly uh, as a violation of their constitutional rights. So I have not thought that they've been doing something correct. They actually don't need much of my advice. Uh, but uh, of course, we've been supporting, we've been uh, projecting uh, uh, support and solidarity relation to them. So uh, they've got our hundred percent support as the as the mother structure. Mbuisene, as we as we let you go, we've seen Cornel Mulder. You mentioned the Freedom Front Plus, uh, who's a member of Parliament on campuses, seemingly leading his troops from the front as they provoke, harass, and assault black students. Why have we not seen the likes of uh, the Commander-in-Chief Julius Malema also uh, putting his boots on the ground and leading his forces from the front? Uh, you are going to accuse him of uh, campaigning for local government elections. <laughs> the students mm. are adequate. Uh, that's what I, I keep indicating. Mm. They don't need, they don't need uh, to be validated. They don't need to be... Their argument and their autonomy uh, is must be what, from from where we stand. I mean, we we struggle. We keep where we have been mandated. We keep the fires burning. So I have no doubt that uh, the autonomy of the students, after being affirmed, uh, they are capable to lead that revolution to its logical conclusion. And uh, just just help us understand: is the violence necessary? Um, so so could this be done in any other way except through violence? The only people that have been violent that I am aware of in relation to the cases in particular of the investor of Pretoria as well as the investor of the free state have not been the protesters, but those who are trying to uh, deny their rights, demonstration and protest. So uh, we have no doubt that uh, those are the people who should be directing those conversations and those questions too. They must be asking those white racists why are they violent, including Conor Mulder. Uh, who calls himself a constitutional expert but supports and has been associated with fascist tradition. Finally, Mbuiseni, uh, what responsibility as an elder to the students uh, on, on, on the campuses and as a political leader, what responsibility do you feel for the lives uh, of these students, um, particularly as some get criminal records, expulsions and delays in their studies? Um, you know, we, we know, for example, that the Commander-in-Chief, Julius Malema, has, uh, has, 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 let's say, dodged a lot of, the, of, of, of criminal charges and so on. What do you say to them and what responsibility do you feel about uh, young people losing their, their futures in this way? 
No, that's very naive, my brother. The world uh, has been changed in many parts of uh, the world, uh, even in here in South Africa, by students who take a decision to challenge the system. Mm. And that's part of education. To say that they are avoiding their studies and all, that's naive. Part of pedagogical not, not, not avoiding, not avoiding the, the studies. No, no, that's mm-hmm. what you're saying. No, that's what I'm saying is the delay in their studies because of the the the. the, the, uh, the uh, 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 that's what. That's the implication. Is to view protest action as not part of any. Yes. We must be celebrating these students because they are defining and defending constitutional values that a lot of us are going around as if it's business as usual. Mm. That is better education. Mm. That is to be more educated than the rest of us who sit on our comfortable air-conditioned offices and discuss the Constitution. They are out there trying to transform these institutions to the better. And that is proper higher education. And the history of all student struggles has proven that people who come out of those traditions build better societies, they become better leaders. And I have no doubt that uh, uh, that's what will happen with these students as well. They have made the argument. That's how they arrive at that, because they've made a superior argument, they are representing a superior logic than those who choose to go on in the university as if business is usual. These students are saying, we cannot study in classrooms that are cleaned by people who are exploited. That's noble. By people who are treated as if they are animals. That's mm. noble. Mm. That's proper education. That is a society I want to belong to. I don't want to belong to a society of people who go into science labs and come and produce atomic bombs that are dropped, you know, in different parts of the world. Mm. That's not a society I want to belong to. I want an education that is driven by progressive values. And that's mm. what these students are saying. They are saying, what type of university do we want to belong to? What type of learning activity and pedagogical uh, uh, cultures that we want to be part of? And to that extent, they must be commended. We commend them. Thank you. Mm. Mbuisene, thank you so much for joining us. Just la- you, lastly, you. Uh, are you going to make any points of orders at the budget speech? Uh, let's uh, let's all watch at two o'clock and then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Oh my goodness! Thanks, Mbuisen. Mbuisen thank you so much, EFF uh, member, uh, joining us from Cape Town. Appreciate his discussions. He's been talking a lot in the media at the moment about the violence on campus. Mm, he, it's it's an interesting framing, isn't it? He, he says uh, what they're doing is noble. And uh, what does it say for the rest of us that are willing to allow things to remain as they are? What What is the greater violence, burning of paintings or allowing uh, uh, students to remain excluded from the halls of learning? Which is the greater violence ultimately? And uh, I hear him saying, well... The greater violence is 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 allowing yourself and accepting uh, a reality where people that that clean your classrooms are being exploited, where the vast majority of students are being excluded based on language, based on 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 poverty, uh, and he says. They're not willing to live with that uh, w- with that reality, and thus they are noble. Mm. Interesting view. Very, I mean, it's, it's a sound he view. He also says we're naive, by the way. Yeah, yeah he, no, no, not we, you. Yeah. <laughs> let's, just, let's just clarify yeah. that you so are, said, are naive. You know, this guy used to debate with him, and I used to smack da- smack him down every single time. <laughs> it's just that he was rushing for a plane, but I, I had I had I had words for him there. I was like, <laughs> oh, you held back. All right, we're I talking, held back. We're talking on, uh, frankly speaking, about is the violence justified? on campus we want to hear your thoughts get us on uh, WeChat at Cliff Central or on Twitter at Rory Shabalala
or at yebo underscore levy. Uh, you can hit us up. What are your thoughts? Is the violence justified on campuses? We're going to be speaking to a whole bunch of students. We just heard from Buisen Dlozi, who's been writing in the papers about the violence being justified because you cannot be in a place, uh, an institution of learning when so many people are being mistreated. Very interesting view. We've got some uh, local varsities here, varsity students here as well in studio with us. Uh, George Kibler is joining us from UJ. George. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, George. George, George. Yeah, yeah. George. <laughs> That's me. That's you? Yep. Uh, okay, George, you're going to have to speak a bit louder. You're a very quiet right. guy. There you go, George. Welcome you can to hear the, me now. Okay. I can hear you. Welcome to, the, welcome to the show. You wouldn't say these are the guys causing riots at university. <laughs> They're very chilled and so on. Unless, are, these guys, are these guys just lying about you guys? <laughs> who, who are these people causing trouble? It's definitely not you guys. You, just, you guys are just chilled. What's we've got, up? We've got... Uh, Dressed in white as well. Yeah, a little oh, white vest. Uh, we should yeah. take a picture of the revolution here. Let's take a picture of the revolution, show you what uh, the revolution looks like. It's Come not on, very guys. scary. I'm not going to lie to you, don't patronize <laughs> George, you brought someone in studio Who is this person now that we, that we see next to you? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm with Neo yeah, A fellow comrade of mine uh, um, Both in the struggle yeah, Together um, at UJ So uh, yeah, he'll just give you a bit about himself Yeah. No, yeah, I'm, I'm Noah Stoller I'm also a UJ student I'm along with George mm. um, We're not the ones causing the, the violence You can see us, we're very, we're very uh, peaceful um, <laughs> relaxed people. So, so what's going on? If you guys aren't causing the violence, who is, and is it justified? Um, it it depends on who do you mean by who is causing the violence. From what take mm. is it from the white or the black point of view. Um, obviously, when you look at the black take, blacks in general, we just we just seem to be a violent people, mm. which um really isn't the case. Um, the nature of a protest is to to disrupt the system And Because white monopoly capital Because the white system Is so calm It's so easy running Anytime you see disruption They link it out As violent mm. So we, The black students Protesters Will be called violent mm. um, From a white take If you would see Whites are violent It would be the protests At UP At UOFs That took a very violent turn mm. um, Justification can be In either way I heard Um you previously say that it's that they say that it's it's a bunch of drunk people fighting. And the truth is that it wasn't a drunk fight; it was a racial war. Mm. I've been at drunk bar fights. You mm. know, we hit anybody around it. That was <laughs> white. You've been involved in yeah, drunk yeah, bar like fights. Equal, oh equal opportunity, yeah, yeah. equal <laughs> opportunity. Uh, no, but it, it, you know, when yeah. you're there, you hit anybody. But yeah. what happened at UOS? Basically, it's whites who attacked blacks. There have been a random fight. Yeah, you've hit, you've hit your brother. Mm. You don't hit warm. You didn't hit warm. You mm. hit the black person. Let, let's take a step back, gents. Just give us a picture of what's going on on campuses. What is the fight about? And just give us a picture of how is the violence happening and, and so on. George? Okay, just to subject you to um, what's happening in the University of Johannesburg. Uh, this is an institution that is heavily militarized. So you have uh, private security throughout the campus. And uh, this is just not... Um, People are hired to uh, be at the gates and make sure that no trouble is being caused. But you have uh, uh, the entire campus. You have student centers, people where people congregate just to you know uh, interact with students. Where student culture is, this is where you have security, and uh, 
Close to your classes Why, why this is this? Did this just happen Just one day You were just chilling And then the next thing <coughs> All of these people What What happened? <laughs> you, you need to understand this The context of uh, How management takes things In an institution is Students are not safe But that's not the reality Of the situation But why and aren't they safe? So take us back to and, The uh, beginning what, yeah. what What has caused uh, this militarization of the campus Okay, in UJ uh, as, you've, as you've seen throughout the country uh, The fees must fall protests Have been the initial spark Of security uh, beef up in institutions And mainly It is to basically keep The status quo Or the program of the day as normal going And we say that We cannot have in an institution Where uh, things are not right And we're pretending as everything is normal. Things are not normal, and we can't pretend things are normal. So um, the nature of the day needs to be disrupted for us to bring at center focus what is really happening, and that's what the institution fails to see. And um, students are safe. If we bring into question, are they safe from protesters? Yes, they are safe, because all the protesters have been doing is conscientizing the students about the plight of black people, which... Uh, everyone else uh, seems to be desensitized from. Of course, it's easy for someone to say that the violence is justified in the institution because people are desensitized. You know, people don't care about what's really happening. But we as young people, we experience these things on the ground. We are there. We see these things. And it's absolutely not right. So you guys lament and others have lamented this idea that these are just uh, violent racist, not even racist, but just these violent barbaric black people that are uneducated and are just going for this. Just give us a bit so that we understand that these are human beings, smart human beings at that. Tell us a bit about yourselves. Where are you from? Uh, What are you studying? And what are your ambitions in life? What do you want to be when you grow up? Um, well, I am uh, I'm an honor student um, International relations mm. um, I grew up in Soweto Very humble beginnings um, Where in Soweto? It's important um, Orlando Orlando, east or west? Um, Get specific what? Both, both. Yeah. I think it's when, you're black. <laughs> when you say Soweto There's no, two no. million people living I know. in Soweto um, He's I just showing off he, he, wants, no. he wants to show us that he's the one, one white guy, guy. The He's the one guy. white guy who knows, yeah. who knows, who knows um, I grew up in a, I mean, uh, I grew up in Orlando East Orlando West um, At Rotter Park um, You know See, now um, Eldos makes sense why there's this rubble yeah, rousers. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's, not, it's actually a very calm. Okay, yeah, not I'm very joking, calm. Okay. But, Let's go. There you go. There you go. You know, um, yeah, I want to work for the AU. Okay. So I'm for the for the for Turco, mm. um, AU, and yeah, that's what I want to end. Why, why is that? Why, why? Um, I envision a very, I envision a, a united, pan Africanist Africa, mm. um, but I believe that, for that to happen, we need to have people who actually want to work. Place like the AU and for Durko, you mm-hmm. can't want to work for APSA, for Standard Bank, or for the UN because these are very white liberal um, organizations that do not want Africa, in my honest opinion. Well, there's a, there's a question about who's going to transform them, George. Uh, uh, tell us a bit about yourself. You know, just to just to interject, where he was speaking about uh, a, a liberal. Uh, form of education uh, mm. I'm a scientist for one Yeah, You understand And you need to understand this That uh, in the field of science Whether it's uh, medical science or what We live in a country where um, If you're black um, The only amount That your education can 
basically place you is uh, in a managerial position. And you're lucky if you're in the academic space, you get to become a professor, a member of Senate, and that's as far as it goes. And the problem is that um, with uh, development of IP, intellectual property, uh, the guidelines and the the system put in place to develop that is so not definitive of who we are as a people. In other words, you cannot really, really produce something of your own. Mm. And that's not what science is about. And the scientific community doesn't promote that. I come from a small town called Queenstown in Eastern Cape. And um, growing up there, is it, everything is just confined and limited to this ideology that I have to get out uh, go make it out there It's a white community by the way And um, every Every step of the way Growing and coming into Johannesburg Is this ideology That I have to live up to the expectation Of white people And get into a system where I can a- Be able to produce the same work That I've been learning for all these you know, years I'm just I'm interested to really, hear I'm interested to hear yeah. your thoughts George And, yeah. and Rory, I, I want to ask you and everyone here, like, is this not just popular narrative of yeah. black people not getting into positions? I know that it exists yeah. because white people, it's whiteness is institutionalized. Yeah. But do you not think that it's on young people like you guys to actually make that change because you're so brilliant? And are you not wasting time, you know, in, in these marches and so on where, where you're proving that, you know, you stand for causes, which is fantastic. Yeah. But, if you are the best of the best of the best in your field, it doesn't matter what color you are. You will be noticed. You will be seen by the people around you. Let am me I, just am give I wrong? You an example. I, I want to be challenged. The vice chancellor mm. of UJ, uh, Prof. Marala, mm-hmm. deputy, deputy vice chancellor uh-huh. of UJ. He's a professor. You know, he's only produced so much paperwork, and that's where it ends. You know, some of his ideologies, if you've read his paperwork, is really good material to be produced into uh, uh, something bigger than that. Mm. But the only thing it can amount to is just paperwork, and it manages him to get a position in in, 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 um, management, which is where he is right now. But that's not really where he's meant to be. He's a black professor, a beacon of hope in this country yes. for people who are aspiring to be like that mm. but the only place he can just be is in that managerial position where must he be alternatively okay i want you to understand this black people are sufficient no, enough quickly where 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 else should he be where would you prefer he was in a pioneering society where black people are allowed to pioneer and shape the future of this country. Mm. But, but as deputy vice chancellor isn't he, is he not is he not able to do that? Absolutely not. Why He's not? busy trying to make sure that we don't cause trouble in the university and he holds meetings day in and out with the council to make them happy. That's what vice chancellors and deputy vice chancellors do. Throughout the year, the course of action is just to make sure that these students are paying fees because, as um, we said, said that before, these are commodities. You have to pay. It's like you're paying rent and... For as long as you don't pay, like that big guy, that landlord comes through and it's like, hey, why aren't you paying? You're not on mm, time. Mm. And this is what it's about. You're paying for what you're getting. And the education uh, also is, is uh, colonial and institutional in itself mm. that doesn't allow us black people to spring out and 
become what we want All to right. be. All right. Let's 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 interesting views by the students. Uh, let's get let's get one of the student uh, leaders in on this conversation, Kotsi Chikane, um, who is the president of uh, IFH. Kotsi, good morning. Good, Kotsi. Uh, you are you are one of the Belleville, so-called Belleville Six, as well, <laughs> and uh, and uh, you guys were arrested uh, for let's say violent acts, and you you can elaborate on 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 that. Um, but violent acts outside Parliament, as part of this broader uh, feasmist for movement, Kotsi, um, just explain to us. Uh, First of all, you know, we're discussing is the violence justified on the campuses? Uh, when students decide that violence on the campus is not enough and now we need to take it to parliament, what is going through their minds? Why is this violence? Why does this violence become necessitated? Well, the first thing is to actually understand you know, when people say violence, I always ask them, what do you mean by violence? So when you have a group of students who come to Parliament and sit there for about an hour and a half, two hours, knowing very well that the Minister is sitting inside Parliament and hasn't come out to address them at any point. When students eventually enter into Parliament and then sit down in front of the stairs of Parliament, right? This is not throwing stones, this is not burning anything. This is students who sit down in front of the precinct of Parliament and say, we'll wait here patiently for the Minister, even though we've waited almost two hours. And for that to be met, by stun grenades and tear gas from the police creates an interesting dynamic of what do you do in that situation? Do you sit down and do you accept what's going to happen? Do you sit down and do you accept that, you know what, a stun grenade is a normal procedure of how police should disperse of crowds without warning. Mm. And at that point, you start realizing that it is not violent to ask for something that is just, Right. It's not violent to ask to have a conversation with an elected member of parliament. I forget that he's a minister, an mm. elected member of parliament to say, the citizens of the country want to talk to you. We've come with our masses. The least you could do is give us five minutes of your time. Right. So on the day, mm. yeah, on the day, you find that a lot of events happen, and obviously I didn't get to see all the events because <laughs> I was taken away by that point. Mm. But at that point, when you look at most of the rest that happened, none of it was caused by students attacking police officers. None of it is caused by students attacking an ordinary citizen. None of us is caused by students rampaging and vandalizing the entire city. A lot of it is by the police trying to manage the system by the only way they think is possible, and that's through a use of violence and police brutality. Now, at that point, after all that happens, society still turns around and says, we're the violent ones. And this happens constantly over and over again. Kotsi, so just just uh, help us understand. Do you feel that uh, the students? One might argue and say, "Yeah, but uh, you're not entitled to uh, the minister's time. So if he can't see you, why do you have to force your your way into parliament? What, how would you then respond to that?" I would say, in what world are we not entitled to a member of parliament's time? Like, in, in what democratic country do you live in, where an elected official can choose not to speak to about? A thousand five hundred students who are outside Parliament. Mm. But, but, then, but did he have to see you at that very time? Or give us notification. That's mm. another aspect. For mm. someone to come out, so you get so the normal procedure is get to Parliament, and people say, "Okay, cool, we're going to call him." And you say, "Fine, we'll wait." And then you wait, and you ask again. You say, "No, we've sent someone to call him." And you say, "Fine, that's fine, we'll wait." 
and then the person doesn't come back and report back to you, what do you do? But once again, that's distracting from the argument. The simple argument is still an elected official of the country. This is not someone stupendous or unique or special. This is an elected official of the country who refused to see students. Mm. Right? And the only time he saw students was behind guarded gates, which is odd, but that's a story for another after day. Making, <laughs> after making odd comments as well. <laughs> Like, Hotsi, I'm going to be a little bit controversial here. Most of you coming from quite, quite affluent homes, good backgrounds, well-educated parents, parents from the struggles. You know, have you ever had a moment where you start regretting the, the actions? I mean, you're facing jail time now. Or was that just no. street cred? Uh, <laughs> street cred. No, I don't think there's ever been a moment where I've like regretted a decision. I think the closest we came was I think 7 a.m. sitting in prison, and obviously you're sitting in a situation where you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, this is getting real really quick. Um, but at that point, you get reminded with other people you're with that you haven't done anything wrong. Mm. So how, why and how feel bad for something that, you know, you don't, you haven't done anything wrong about? So at that point, you realize that I can't have regrets. The only reason people have regrets is that they know they've done something bad. And if fighting for fees and fighting for free education is something bad, then what kind of society are we living in? Kotsi, uh, I've, I've, uh, as, as you know, I've, 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 spl- I've spent um, a disastrous uh, time in, in, in politics myself. Um, was was hardly so down on yourself, <laughs> Rory. So down on yourself. <laughs> was, was was hardly was hardly successful. Uh, in fact, embarrassing might be might be a word that we might use. But uh, one of the things that was really um, disappointing was how a lot of people were saying mm-hmm. at that time. You know, get in there. We need people who can do this. We're behind you. And then when it was time to show up, no one was there. Right? No one, no one yeah. was there through the hard times. Everybody's like, yes, 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 do it, do it, go for it. This is a good cause. Um, it, what's going on is not right. But at the times when it matters, there's nobody there. And in fact, they turn on you and say, yeah, but what did you think you were, you were doing? And so on. Now, you have gone, you have put your life literally on the line for, for number one, let, let, let me just guess, you don't necessarily, uh, you, you're not in a position where you can't necessarily afford fees. You, you, you come from a family, your father was the former deputy uh, director, I mean, the former director general in the presidency and so on. And you've been urged on, you've put your, your, your body on the line, you went to, to, to those jail cells and now you're facing prison time. Have you felt at any time let down by your comrades, the people that you have, uh, that you're making these sacrifices for? And, and again, have you sat and asked yourself, uh, is this really worth it? I might have a criminal record for Pete's sake. Well, the best answer to that from my side is that I'm not doing this for a popularity test. I'm, I'm not doing it so that, you know, one day in the future people can like remember the name. I mean, a lot of people have that idea that, you know, when you get into these type of struggles that you must have something, some self-interest court. Mm. What people aren't realizing is that the change in the politics, in particular of youth politics in this country, is that people are realizing that this is more than just myself. This is more about how society is structured, how society is actively working against black bodies in every space that we find ourselves in. Mm. And once you start realizing that, it stops becoming a popularity test. It stops becoming, you know, Kota Chikani's been left alone and now I should feel bad and I don't have any friends. 
It's about realizing that, you know what, people are focused on other issues. Right now, I can't steal the spotlight and say, please focus on me. You know, I'm about to go to jail or anything like that. That's not what I want. It's not what I think the movement needs at all. And if people are in the business of, I want them to focus on me so that the organization can save me, then you're in the wrong business. Rather, if you're in the business of, I want to help the organization through thick and thin, right? Even if you lose the friends, the the inverted comet friends, because usually the friends who leave the first are not the friends that you should be having in the first place. And even if you lose them, that should not be seen as a defeat. It should be showing you that, you know what, you're making people uncomfortable. And then in that uncomfortableness, right, you're winning a certain battle, and that's okay. Khotsi, uh, we're speaking to Khotsi Shikane on uh, is the violence on uh, campuses justified across the country and frankly speaking 9 to 11 let you let your voice be heard as well do you have questions for all the students coming we've got Vits we've got UJ we've got UKZN UCT uh, UP uh, UFS jeez i got to remember all these U's bloody hell anyway Khotsi I wanted to ask you are you a card carrying member a card carrying member of the ANC of there's multiple organizations <laughs> Are you a card-carrying yeah. member of the ANC? Oh, the last time I checked and list my membership has been involved, then yes. <laughs> so I, I'm interested because a lot of you know a lot of uh, white people, specifically listening to our our radio show, are very critical of of young voices saying that it's not the white uh, institutionalized problem; it's it's the government that's not doing enough for its people. Blah blah blah. <laughs> well, what is your reply to that? You know, like government is the ANC at the moment. Um, are they doing enough for the black bodies that you spoke about? No. <laughs> it's a very simple answer. No. That is not a defacing attack against ANC or against the government. It's an honest opinion of the facts on the ground. It is impossible to say the country is running normally when universities across the country are in flames. It's impossible to say that we're doing a fantastic job, everything is going according to plan, when youth unemployment is at its highest. It's impossible to say everything is going according to plan when we're predicted to grow at less than 1% this year, economic growth, right? So the simple answer is no. Mm. Do I think the organization and the government has been terrible and useless since 1994? Then I would say no, because I have the opportunity to be at a university such as UCT, an opportunity that 20 years ago, 25 years ago, I wouldn't have. Mm. I wouldn't be allowed into such an institution. And even if I did, I would be used as the marquee black person in it, as the stamp of approval for the apartheid system, mm. right? that it's working, separate but equal development. So I would reject people who say, you know, the entire country has gone to hell, essentially. Mm. But I would also say that, you know, we've got work to do. And this is not just government, it's the youth as well, and that's what young people are trying to do. They're coming out and they're saying, listen, we want free education. And a lot of people, are, oh, I hate this argument of, yes, but what's your plan? We've been giving the plans. Mm. A lot of people often think that the call for free education first came last year. This has been an argument that's been rolling over since 2006. Um, people can even trace it that youth groups, part of the Progressive Youth Alliance, were advocating actively at Polokwani for free education, which was put in. The failure comes in, it's ANC policy, but doesn't get made into government policy. Mm. But to say that this is the first time students have been talking about it, we've never given our proposals, is ludicrous. Um, so it's about how do we work as students, how yeah. does government pull up their socks as well, and not accept that the status quo can be made.
Kotsi, uh, as we wrap up with you, uh, you, you were arrested, of course. Um, what is the current status of, of your trial? Um, and, and how can people uh, find out more about your trial, follow its progress, and even support you uh, on, on, this, on this trial? Just give us just a quick uh, background on the trial and then how people can find out more about the trial, follow its progress, and support you. Yeah, so the media tries to like highlight the, the Balvo 6 in particular. Um, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Um, it's 29 of us who are currently under trial. Um, the case was supposed to be heard, has been postponed to the 30th of March. Um, between now and then, we're hoping that there's multiple student organizations will keep students up to date on Twitter. Um, my organization, Goal of Free Hate, is actively keeping people up to date as well. But we'll only really know more on the 30th of March when everyone makes their representations at court to see what direction does the state want to take? What we're just concerned about is why the state hasn't withdrawn the charges. It's like, it's something that bugs me every day of what kind of society we're living in where advocating for real change in a nonviolent way gets you thrown into a trial. Mm. So how... Uh, and that, so, so Kosi, there's a, there's a petition in place. We've got 30 seconds. Uh, how can we get involved as ordinary people that want to support you? Yeah, if people feel like, you know, <laughs> do you want to be a keyboard activist, that's okay. Mm. A lot of these movements started off as people becoming keyboard activists who slowly became more confident and started getting away from the keyboard and back onto the ground. Mm. But if you're still at the keyboard activist stage, simply go onto Angulo Free Hate's Facebook page and you'll find our petition right up there click on it, sign it, and show your support. Awesome. But Thank you. acknowledge that being a keyboard activist is not sustainable. <laughs> it's not sustainable. You need to start somewhere, but then you need to get put boots on the ground. Kotsi Chikani, yeah. all the best with the trial, man. We'll be following it, and uh, you're a hero to some of us, so keep it up. We are talking, is the violence justified on campuses? Students from across the country, coming up next. Stay tuned. This is cliffcentral.com.